All right, Gerald, what is it? Fish got your tongue? <laughs> Love a duck! That was friend of the show and Clint's other niece, Madeline, with another shark fact for us. And it is once again Shark Month here on Purely Nostalgia, which is the podcast where we look at movies that we liked as kids with our adult eyes. And we try to figure out if they were actually good or if we just thought they were. My name is Eli Shapsmith, and I am the greatest good you are ever going to get. And my name is Clint Jazz Hands Page, and I am what the French call laissez compétent, which means still in the bathtub. Yeah, it sounds like you're still in there. Um, I'm still here. I haven't left. You starting to prune uh, yet? I I've I have lost complete control of my lower body. I am now one with the water from the waist down. The water has turned from clear to just skin toned <laughs> all the way around. It that is, is now th- opaque. That is not the color the you want your bath water to be. Mm-mm. No, I, I truthfully, I, I, I'm afraid to touch it because I'm unsure if I'll just, you know, it'll be water or just searing pain you but know, you, anywhere in here. But you are in the water. Oh, so yeah. you well, are touching I, it. I, yeah, well, with my hands. I haven't touched it with my hands. Uh, so, you know, I am both in the water and I am both the water, if that makes sense. Okay, so you, you're kind of like a Jabba the Hutt type guy now. I've transcended, correct? Uh, yeah. You need like, to hire someone to like fan you and like feed me <laughs> grapes. Feed me grapes, yeah, like a, like a Roman emperor. Mm-hmm. This is what William Howard Taft must have felt like when he got stuck in his tub. Yeah, but he, are you stuck? Is that the word that you would use? I mean, uh, stuck. You, you know, formed to part of. They're all kind of. They all kind of mean the same thing now. Listen. I'm a tub boy now, okay. and so my mind has transcended past what it was before. So I'm now you know you no longer concern yourself with mortal things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. I am now other. Mm-hmm. I'm like one of Sid's toys from Toy Story. Now that's you an know? interesting tr- comparison to make. Explain that. It's, you know how he like got uh you know like a a, a human body. And then like the the head of a beaver, mm-hmm. and then he like made them ma- made it like beaver head man or head, head human headed <laughs> beaver or whatever. Beaver head you know? man, yes, we all know and man. love yeah. beaver head man. <laughs> beaver head man, the beloved child's toy. Um, but with me, it's like they got the upper body of a of a boy, and then the <laughs> lower body of an um, a chewed up wad of gum, and now that's what I look like. <laughs> That's so gross. When you get out of the tub, will you still be like a slug boy? This is how I'm stuck forever. Okay. Is kind of how I feel. Like, you know Gak? You know that stuff, Gak? Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's glue and like baking powder or something like that. Am I I correct in thinking of that? Wait, maybe I'm... I was thinking of one of those... I think I was thinking of Floam. Okay, yeah, the Floam is like the styrofoam balls, right? Uh, it's not. It's 
Kind of. Yes, it's like goo with styrofoam balls in it. Mm-hmm. Well, gak is it's like slime. Gak is like slime, but a little more dense. That's about my like consistency right now. It's just gak. Okay. Well, of course, the reason w- you, that you are doing this is because it is Shark Month. We are talking mm-hmm. about sharks here on the show. Um, I'm not really sure how this came about. Do you remember? <laughs> how? Why, why did we do this? Shark came month? about the Shark Month. Yeah. Because it's summer, baby. Yeah, and I guess so. Everyone knows that you know when it's the summer months, sharks are at their strongest. So yeah, I was just thinking, like, was there a reason that it ties in with the theme of our show? I don't know if it really does, but I, I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for sharks through and through. Truthfully. We like sharks. Sue us. Sue us, folks. It's Shark Month, baby. We, we like Captain Gantu. We like Captain Gantu, we like the Jaws, and uh, right now we like the Bruce as well. Yes, this is a movie that also has a Bruce in it. The The shark in Jaws yes. was named Bruce, but not in the movie. They just called him that on set, right? You Correct. Uh, we also like the Anchor and Chum as well. Yes, Anchor, played by Eric Bana. Did you know this? Eric Bana, <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, truthfully, I thought for the longest time, and this might be a little bit of, well, it's not even, I don't even want to say a deep cut, but it might, you know, fly over some people's heads, but I thought for the longest time that Bruce was voiced by, uh, Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear. Have you ever hmm. seen Top Gear? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I, I mean, Why I did thought you that think it this? was him. They sound exactly the same. Um, hmm. I mean, if he was putting on like an Australian accent, but, uh. Yeah, he sounds just like Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear. Which, mm-hmm. if they had gotten the the three Top Gear boys to be uh, the sharks, I would have liked that a lot. But that seems like a, uh, a like a uh, DreamWorks thing, not a Pixar thing. Well, I just um, and we will get to see the DreamWorks version of this movie essentially in two weeks, so that's pretty sure. exciting. Um, People have said, "Oh, it's basically like Finding Nemo." Well, it is. I mean, it's it's that phenomenon of a movie coming out like within the same year that's basically the same movie, and it happens a lot that's with true. like animated movies. That's true. Um, like how 2017 was the year of the Bigfoot. Yes, and then there was like. Uh, you know, you, you had Happy Feet, and then you had Surfs Up, which was Penguins mm-hmm. but surfing, which is ob- and objectively March better of the Penguins. than Penguins but dancing. Yes, in March of the Penguins, it's like, uh, what's the other example? There was that movie Rio that was about two uh, yeah, parrots trying to mate. Um, Pixar was working on a movie. <laughs> I said that weird. It wasn't the the birds mm-hmm. weren't trying to mate. There were people trying to make them mate, and they didn't like each other or something. Yeah, uh, Pixar was working on a version of that movie with like newts or something. And they just scrapped it because they were like, well, they beat us to it. Um, But then there was some other movie that was the same concept, but with like wolves or something. And it was by some smaller animation studio. It wasn't like a big deal movie, but um, yeah, happens all the time. Wait. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess everyone was just kind of clicking on the same wavelengths. They got Mm -hmm. mating on the brain, whether it's newts, birds or wolves. Right. Uh, somebody's got to crank out a movie first. I think it's much more intentional than that, though. It's like, oh, this studio's working on this thing. We got to do that, too, because the kids are going to be into that. Like, <laughs> the kids are into mm. fish this year. We got to make another movie about fish. So you think that year, because uh, <laughs> because with Rio, it was about mating. They're like, man, kids are really into breeding this year. Um, yes. We got to make something with newts and birds. Yes, I think so. Kids, are, they love... 
figure they love wondering where babies come from. That's true. That's a fair point. Um, Children do love that. So in honor of uh, episode two of Shark Month, I keep wanting to call it Shark Week, but it's not that because there's mm-hmm. someone else did that, and we're doing our. Can you thing. imagine doing this? Can you imagine doing every single shark day? <laughs> <laughs> to be being in a bathtub every single day. Yeah, that would be well. I have been. I know. But. Um, I can't. I can't imagine it. But in honor of Shark Month, um, I have a little activity that I would like us to partake in. Um, I've got a quiz pulled up. On my oh, computer good. screen, and it's called "What kind of shark are you?" <laughs> and um, is this a BuzzFeed? Now, interesting. You should ask. It's it's on a website called Play Buzz. Um, mm. Do you know what that is? No, I don't either. Uh, I've but, never heard of it. Yeah, Play it seems Buzz. like an off-brand BuzzFeed. Yeah, and it says yeah, it the, <laughs> at the top of the quiz, it says created by the Tank Bangers. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know. They have my support now. Um, so I, I figured I, w- I would just like to ask you um, these questions, and we'll just move through it and, and see what kind of shark you are. And then, Oh, uh, okay. So it tells me what breed of shark I am at, yes. at the end of this? Okay. So now, I'm going to go ahead and guess. Can I go ahead and guess? Sure. I'm a mako. Okay. I'm going to say mako ahead All of right. time. There's the water. If it sounds like I'm peeing right now, I'm I, not. I am not going to take the quiz because I am a great white shark, and this is—I know that just sounds like the obvious choice, but it is what I am. I've, I've Wait, did you known. already take the quiz ahead of time? No, I just—I just know feeling? that's what I am. Like I, okay, I am a great white shark. So, um, fine. Go so ahead. let me ask you this question: Do you prefer coral reefs or open ocean? Ooh, coral reefs. Okay, so you're a Finding Nemo boy. Mm-hmm. Um, where would you prefer to spend your annual holidays slash vacation? Europe, lots of culture. Uh, the Mediterranean, great food. Uh, the Maldives, I like it warm. Uh, Canada, I love skiing. So the second one was the Mediterranean, Yes, right? and it's great food. Yeah, and the first one was great culture? Uh, the first one was Europe, lots of culture. Lots of culture, not great culture, just yeah. lots of it. Yeah, um, of it. I'd say the Mediterranean, great food. Great food, okay. Um, Although I don't like tomatoes, so it is going to make my time in the Mediterranean difficult. Speaking of what food you like, at a restaurant, what would you be likely to order? It, uh, anything on the menu, surprise me, is option number mm. one. Uh, nope. A nice fresh salad, steak, or calamari. Steak, hundred percent. I'm a, I am a, I'm a cow meat boy. Okay. Um, what's your ideal night out? Okay, and there mm. are five options here, so buckle up. <clears throat> what a, what a great choice. Five options. Yeah. Um, a couple of drinks with a good friend. Partying all night long, baby, and there is an exclamation <laughs> point on that one. Nice. Uh, catch, catch a good movie, and then uh, the theater for me. Another exclamation point on that one. Um, or at home with a good book. Oh, man. Not the last one, because that's for freaking nerds. Yeah, that is freaking nerds, for sure. And not not the first one, because we don't do sin. Right. Um, I'm going to say the theater. Okay, the theater. <laughs> How often do you go to the theater? <laughs> and let's, let's pretend um, that there are not sharks killing people every day. 
Uh-huh. How how often would I go? How often do you go to the theater in your normal <laughs> life? I went occasionally. I okay. mean, granted, there's not a lot of theater aside. I mean, yeah, I you go, go into like high school plays. I would go to the college productions here. Okay, that's um, fair. So yeah, and I went to a few downtown Chattanooga when Chandler and I were dating. Okay, but, that's fair. You know, I mean, we did yeah. see uh, the Music Man. The Music Man. Closed that's door true. Entertainment. Um, shout out. Shout out to a terrible company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we that we are on record of saying that. Yes. Uh, next question: What type of sport describes you? Oh boy. Uh, five options for this one as well. Okay. Ice hockey, and then uh, the second option is football with it, with in parentheses soccer. Oh, okay. Good. So not that kind of football, moron. Now the yeah. the next one is confusing to me, and maybe you can help explain this. It just says okay. athletics. Okay. <laughs> is that a sport? And that's it, just athletics? Yeah. I wondered if that's like, like a European term for like track and field or something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, let's just assume that it's track and field. Sure. Athletics. Sure. Uh, next one is long distance running or mm. motorsport. <laughs> um, hmm. Going with athletics on this one, th- <laughs> fellas. We don't know what that is, but that's what you're going with. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, I just think that it means it's kind of like Bruce Jenner. You know, like he was good at everything. Right. You know, it's just athletics. he could run, he could swim, he could throw. He, but not like Michael Jordan, yeah. because Space Jam is about how he should never have. He tried was to only play good at sport. one sport. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you should yeah. never. So try th- this just things. means that I am holistically athletic. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what is your favorite time of day? And there are four options here. Um, okay. Afternoons suit me best. Nope. Bedtime. And <laughs> this one. This third option is quite interesting. Um, I am super bouncy in the mornings. Exclamation okay. point. Uh, and the last option is I'm a night owl. Oh, I'm a night owl, baby. I stay up late. Okay. So you're not super bouncy in the mornings. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm not generally super bouncy in the mornings. No. This is fascinating to me. Which options they decide they want to put exclamation points after? Um, <laughs> it's the ones they want you to choose. Yeah. So this question is, what TV character best describes you? And we're already off to a rough start because the first answer is Darth Vader, who is not a TV <laughs> character. <laughs> uh, okay. The next one is also not a TV character because it is... Is it Minions? Homer Simpson with an exclamation ha- point. Homer Simpson. H-O-M-M-E-R Simpson. Homer is a TV character? Yes, he is, but it's not Homer. It's Homer. <laughs> Have you uh, ever seen it spelled before? Maybe that's just how it's spelled. I have. Maybe. I literally have. Um, next option, Bear Grylls. <laughs> okay. Um, or Sherlock Holmes. Huh. So, TV <laughs> has been divided up into these categories. Yes. You are either a Darth Vader of television. Uh-huh. You are either a Homer. You are a Bear Grylls. Or you, are, or, Sherlock you are, or you are a Sherlock Holmes of the television show, The Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. I think I'm more of a, I think I'm a Bear Grylls, because I like the outdoors. That's the one I thought you'd pick. All right, um, and here's our final question. Oh, interesting, okay, because this one has pictures for all the options, um, mm-hmm. and they don't mean anything to me, because it is, pick a car. <laughs> 
we've you got describe the cars to me. Yeah. Okay. I used to work in the car industry before where I work now. That so is true. I'm so fairly you know well cars. versed in the car industry. Uh, yeah. And they do have names under all of them, so I can tell you that. Uh, the okay. Ferrari, which is a, a red nice car. <laughs> a red Ferrari. Um, and the next one is also a, a a red nice car that looks different from the Ferrari, and it is called a Bentley Continental GT. Hmm. That's a nice car. Um, next one is Mustang GT500. Um, and it's what like, color is it? Do, and it has like, stripes, I'm assuming. Yes, it does. Wow, you're so smart. It has two. Is it blue with white stripes? Yes. Okay. Wow, <laughs> Mr. Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't work for him anymore. <laughs> That's true. Um, next is a Rolls Royce. Okay. Um, which the is the spirit of it kind has of a, like a little a little angel on the front of it. Right? Yeah, yeah, it does, and it's like a big. Do you know what the angel is called? Um, what? No lie, it's called the spirit of ecstasy. That's very cool. And if you don't yeah. pick that one now, I'm gonna be mad. Um, mm-hmm. Next option is a kit. K I T T. Hmm. Um. Is it called a kit? Is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah, kit. Okay. Um, which will, looks kind of like the Batmobile. Yeah. Um. No, there's one more. Five, oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, never mind. Uh. A this fi- could sway me. A Fiat five hundred. A- no, nope. Abarth, a- Abarth. No, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't That's know. Italian. Okay. So um, what's your option? But Mustang five hundred, GT five hundred, baby. Okay. Um, and your results are being calculated. Let's get a draw. Oh, okay. I swear, if it's not a Mako shark, I'm gonna be so okay. upset. Okay. The type of shark that you are is a scalloped hammerhead. Okay, hammerheads are unique. So I, I was gonna. Th- I I was thinking you were a hammerhead. I wasn't thinking specifically scalloped hammerhead, but I'm not sure if that's like the full name for a hammerhead or if that Does is it a just specific look like type. a regular hammer le, regular hammerhead. Um, well, what's interesting is that they don't have a picture for it. Okay. <laughs> after including pictures for all the car options, so I'm gonna Google it. But I'm gonna read this description first. It says, okay. "Hip happening and moving on up. You have mm-hmm. the tools. You have the talent, <laughs> and, and you are not afraid to use them." You work hard and you play hard, and there are and there ain't no more social a shark than you. Uh, I think that this is, described you pretty well up until the last bit there, but there's more. Th- this is someone from Bangladesh that just like <laughs> <laughs> is trying to get your credit card information at the end of this. Um, when it comes to party time, you have been not you have been known to rock the whole night with hundreds of your friends and not be late for work the following morning. That is indeed not the option that I chose when it asks what I like to do on a night out. That's true. Um, this impresses your friends so much that they tend not, <laughs> to, not to mention you have a slightly odd-shaped head. Mm, that's Which, true. Yeah. Hey, can I can I tell you a story that I found out recently? Yeah. When I went, and this is 100% true, I found this out a week ago. I went to, well, like a little over a week. I went over to my parents for the 4th of July and we were talking about babies or something like that. And my mom was like, Clint, I never told you this, but when you were born, I had to take you to the doctor to get your head x-rayed because I thought it was growing too fast. Wow. So, yeah. She thought that like the top of my head was going to be disproportionately large to the bottom of my head. Interesting. Um, you. They said I was fine, but... I mean... You, yeah, your your head seems normal size now, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Now um, 
there are a lot of different types of, of hammerhead sharks. The great hammerhead, the scalloped hammerhead is the second one, which looks like what I picture when I picture a hammerhead. Um, mm. And then... It's just a little more happening. Oh, you've got a smooth hammerhead, which is... That's the one I'd want to be, but I'm a, I'm a great white, so... You've got a winged wing, wing head shark. You've got a bonnet head, which I've seen a bonnet head before. They don't really look like a hammerhead. Um, a scalloped you, bonnet head, and then you've got you a scoop just, head. Are you still on the quiz right now? Uh, yeah, I still have it open. Can you just zoom through it really quick to see what you are? Okay. Just like really fast. I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna just, say uh, you might be a mako. Okay. Um, or like a dogfish uh, or something. <laughs> I did also get scalloped hammerhead. Nah. we are same. We are the same. Hey, that's fine. That's why we started a podcast together. Mm-hmm. Birds of a feather. So, so the scalloped hammerhead. Let me read to you a little bit about it, um, and then we'll start talking about Finding Nemo. I, I promise. Uh, okay. This relatively large hammerhead shark can grow to three meters in length and is recognizable by the notches in its hammer, which resemble That's the shape at least of nine a s- feet. Resemble the s- shape of a shallop, a scallop shell. Uh, a shallop. A shallop shell. These sharks sometimes venture into estuaries and are found in warm, temperate, and tropical waters aclo- across the globe. Um, we had to put my grandmother, my great grandmother, in an estuary after my great grandpa passed away. Hmm. That's sad. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Is that good? <laughs> fun, finding Nemo. Uh, there is there is sharks in Finding Nemo. Um, mm-hmm. They don't come back. They're only in the beginning. I, I, for, for some reason, I thought they came back later, but they don't, do they? Yeah, they do at the very end when, um, you know, he's like back at school and they're like, hello. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And and then Dory's like a part of their program or whatever, and yeah. she goes back with them. But it's like a quick joke. For some reason, in my memory, there was like a moment where they come back and help them or something. But that doesn't happen. Um, that would be very intense, where they jump through the the bay and into the dentist office. Yes, that would be very cool. Um, yeah. Tell me about your personal experience with the movie Finding Nemo. The movie Finding Nemo. Um, I I was racking my brain trying to think of when I first saw this, and I, I don't remember when I first saw this movie. Um, but it was just always kind of present. We owned it on, on DVD. There was a point in time where my uncle would buy pirated DVDs from this Kenyan man that nice. worked with him, and um, then he got in trouble. <laughs> And so now they can't do that anymore. But I think that we had a pirated version of this where somebody like walked in front of the screen. Um, but <clears throat> screen. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, like it, it's not going to sound too interesting. And I hope that you have something a little more interesting than I do in that regard. But uh, I, I mean, I just it, it's always just kind of been there. You know, it came out in what two thousand three. Um, the, sure. I think so. I mean, I was in elementary school when yeah, it came out. So, yeah, so I remember like talking about it with my friends. I can remember us laughing at Dory saying escape and thinking that was hilarious, which it is funny. Um, and I can also remember McDonald's ran a line of toys um, for Finding Nemo and their Happy Meals. And one of them was Dory 
doing the whale noise, like the, the you know, that yeah. stuff. And Oh, I'm um, familiar. Yeah, 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 with the dory. And so we uh, we got that toy, and my dad was like, I, I remember him saying verbatim, I will not take you to see this movie if that's what happens in it. And wow. uh, I went camping with that toy, and then I put it in the water, and Dory did not make whale noise in the water anymore. She Did she drown? No, she didn't drown. She just couldn't make whale noise anymore. Mm. That's sad. It sounded more like static noise, like lightning noise, but, you know, not like whale. Um, so my experience with the movie Finding Nemo, um, I saw it in theaters. Um, I, my first memory of it is seeing that, you know how Pixar would always do like a teaser for their next movie that was just like a scene that ends up not being in the movie? They don't do it anymore, really. Yeah. Yeah, like how The Incredibles did that thing where Mr. Incredible's like putting on his pants and stuff. Right. And, yeah. And they usually are, it, for a while there, it was pretty much we got a Pixar movie every year. They would just come out in the summer. And mm-hmm. and they would always have the teaser be with the movie before. So you're when you see Monsters, Inc., there's a teaser for Finding Nemo. Um, yeah. And so... I remember the teaser, and actually, I think maybe the teaser didn't come out until the DVD of Monsters Inc. came out. I'm not sure, but I remember the teaser, and it was a scene with Marlin and Dory, and uh, it's just like Dory being annoying and forgetting things, and Marlin getting mad at her. And I remember mm-hmm. being so excited. It's them just swim, swimming along, right? Yeah, and and I was like, I we got to see this movie, and I went and told my parents, the there's a new movie coming out from the people who made Monsters Inc., and it's called mm-hmm. The Neo. It's um, called the Neo. I just, for some reason, for a while there, I thought the movie was called the Neo, and I didn't know what that meant. But, but it sounds cool. I was like, I can't wait for the Neo to come out. Um, they're like, what about? Do you want to go see a movie called Finding Nemo? And you're like, nah, I gotta wait for the Neo to come out. Yeah, can't waste my movie viewing on the Nemo. Wait a minute. So I was very excited for the Neo. I saw it in theaters, um, and. We had it on DVD, and I watched it a lot. Um, I remember this movie being Shrekishly quotable, which you kind of touched mm-hmm. on. Yep. Like it was, they're just, it's almost like every line that Dory says just like sticks in your memory, and you can hear the exact inflection of the way she says it because every kid on the playground was quoting this movie all the time. Correct. Um, which I think first, when I, as I got older, made me think that this was not a great movie because I just kind of found that aspect of it annoying in my memory. You resented um, it because it was so popular. Yes, but then I grew to love it again as an adult um, and have really loved it ever since. And then I watched it again yesterday. Mm-hmm. So. So. Ratings. Let's talk ratings on this one. You go first. I gave it... We're, we're going to have 10, right? I can never remember. <laughs> yes, it's 10. Okay. Uh, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I also gave it a 9 out of 10. Okay. Cool. I was. I did... So, I put in my review as a 10 out of 10, and then I was like, I don't know. That feels like a stretch to me. <laughs> But like almost just a little bit of a stretch. So I made it a 9 out of 10. Because I feel like an 8 out of 10 would be too low. Yeah. 9 out of 10 was just sweet spot. Um, 
I, I mentioned earlier that I came to love it again as an adult, but it really has been several years since I've seen it. I mm-hmm. It's grown in my memory a lot because I have been listening to the score a lot. I think it's like mm. an amazing score. And I a lot of times when I'm working on something, we'll listen to movie scores. And so that was one reason. It's very that, cultured of you. Yes, I'm very cool and cultured and fancy um, in that way. Um and so for that reason, because I do think that the score is amazing, incredible, perfect. And that kind of inflated the view of the movie in my brain to where I was pretty confident when I watched this that it was going to be a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, and it wasn't. So yeah. I, I actually well, was torn on if uh, to give this four or four and a half stars on Letterboxd. And I know it's really okay. so interesting when people talk about their own letterbox reviews and in, in incredible depth than what they decided to land on. But um, I was like not, I wouldn't say disappointed. I just like, it wasn't, I think I had overhyped how good it was in my memory and it wasn't sure. quite that good, but still very good. Truthfully, I know that, and maybe we're, I'm teasing something that we're going to plug later on, but I wanted to um, tell you, but I, I didn't want you to go ahead with this thought in there to prove me wrong. Okay. But in my mind, I was like, I think this one, this movie may make Elisha cry. Mm. Well, it didn't. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, I figured it wouldn't because you are devoid of that specific emotion. Yeah. But uh, with move, at movies, at least. Um, but I, I was listening back to some old episodes of ours just, you know, because I'm a self-aggrandizing narcissist. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty much you all you do when we're not recording to the podcast, you are listening to old episodes of our podcast. I'm just, tr- I'm doing it. I'm doing it to improve. That's really all it is. Sure. Um, but I can't remember what episode it was. Um, but we were talking about movies that made us cry. And you said that like interactions when a father and son like reconcile over something. Um, though that's what gets yes. you. And I was like, okay, that's exclusively what this movie is. So this has to make Elisha cry. At its heart, it Uh, is. It's it's about a father and son relationship. It is about a father and son relationship, but one, the father and son are not with each other very much. And also, it's not a movie about a father not being proud of his son and the son earning his father's pride. Like, that's more the thing. Okay. Sorry, it got cold. <laughs> it got chilly in here. I'm um, not trying to steal your moment. That's more the thing that gets me, and I did touch on this in my other podcast, um, "Living Like Cry," which we'll talk about a little bit more at the mm-hmm. end. But um, it's more the the high school musical thing where the dad is like, "You gotta play sports," and the son's like, "But I want to dance." And then at the end, the dad's like, "Actually, you're great at dancing, and I'm proud of you." And <laughs> this doesn't really have that, but the, I will say that the it did like it was it was emotionally effective to me at times um but i didn't really come anywhere near crying at all um did i you? will say i i did i i came close but i did not cry um okay but the the moments of this movie like it has a lot of just like kind of goofy silly stuff that a lot of other pixar movies don't have honestly that- it is zany Yes, it's very zany, uh-huh. uh, w- surprisingly so. But the emotional beats of this movie, for me at least, are some of the most effective in any Pixar movie, True, out of any Pixar movie. Um, yeah, I think I kind of agree with that, mainly because I don't think it lays it on too thick, which Pixar sometimes does. 
Correct. And it's not like manipulative. You know, it's like, I think that people always say like, oh, up emotionally destroyed me. I bawled my eyes out. And And what they mean is the first eight minutes of up or whatever. (laughs) Right. And if I saw up now, you know, me being married, I prop that probably would, you know, choke me up a lot. Wait, are you married? I am. I didn't Surprise. know that. Yep, I, I did it. I done did the thing. Okay. Um, sorry, I, I couldn't invite you. It was kind of a small thing. That's but, um, you know, if I watch that now, the first, you know, eight minutes, they would, you know, wreck me. But it's supposed to do that. You know, it's supposed, it's not supposed to make you feel warm and fuzzy. It's supposed to, it's like torture porn, you know, almost. Uh, or it's like emotional torture porn. Yeah, and... This movie kind of starts off with something like that. I mean, it's a pretty similar thing. It is a guy whose wife dies, um, but yeah. it moves past it very, very quickly and does not dwell it does. on it. And I, I think that scene is really effective for that reason. It doesn't milk it. Um, that was a hard scene to watch. I don't know why, but it was like, oh man, this I know is why tough. because a man's wife and most of his children are murdered. <laughs> All, almost all of them. The majority of his children. The yeah. vast majority. It is the book but, of Job, but it is, yes, it is the, the book first of Job. Two minutes of a children's movie. <laughs> um, this movie, like, obviously, it it made me like it when it got to me the most was like I can, I don't know. I project a lot on movies, which I think is why these Pixar movies work well for adults because they can project on their known experiences. And that's why they cry. Um, but it may, like, whenever I got to think about my dad, which I have a great relationship with my dad, I was like, he would swim across the ocean for me, you know, that type of thing. But I just know that whenever, you can hear the water trickling in the background. Um, whenever, and this was in my letterbox review, I just know that whenever I have children, this movie is, I, I won't be able to see it. I just know for a fact I will not be able to see this movie when I have children. Why is that? Because, one, I probably will be, to a degree, kind of a neurotic parent. Um, I know, Like, I'm that way right now with my nieces and my nephew mm-hmm. um, of being kind of, I don't want to say like a helicopter uncle. You're a Marlin. I can. I'm a Marlin. I can be a little bit of a Marlin. Mm-hmm. And I just know that, like, it will destroy me emotionally whenever yeah. I'm a parent. Um, I have been thinking a lot about this too, and um, I am nowhere near being a, being in a stage of life where I'm thinking about having children. However, I think I'm going to be such an overprotective parent. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I just I worry about so many things, and like I my mind goes to the darkest of places. And I'm yep. like, I just think that when I have a child, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be such a Marlin. Um, I think that's reasonable, though. It's it's fine. I mean, it's how we it's how we protect our children. You have to worry about them. <laughs> they're fragile right. little things. You're they're supposed literally to worry about them. just bro. They're made out of paper, basically. And <laughs> have you ever <laughs> children's chin, uh, children's skin is so thin, mm-hmm. like they get hurt so easy. Like why? Why would you not worry about them constantly? And you can kick them so far. <laughs> you can, and I don't know. Maybe like for for me, when I realized like you know, I know that I'm going to be kind of a neurotic parent. Is oddly enough, from my dad. My dad. I don't know why my voice is cracking up so much. I need to change my posture a little. Bit Are you weeping? In the bathtub. 
Yes, I'm weeping. Um, let me change my posture in the bathtub a little bit. Oh, this is great. But, we love uh, this. <laughs> that's what the people like to hear. Um, but, you know, my dad, you, you've met my dad, you know, several times. Yeah. You were in the, a wedding with him. Um, Wait, you're married? I am. Oh, yeah, you were there. I forgot. But I didn't, um, I didn't say it was my wedding, but okay. I said a wedding. Um, you know, even when I was, you know, 22, 23 years old, still living at home, um, and I was working till, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning sometimes, my dad would stay up and just wait for me to get home. He would, no matter what he had to do the next day, he would mm-hmm. be sitting in the kitchen eating cereal or watching TV or something like that, just waiting till I got wait, home. Wait, he was eating your brother? He, <laughs> dang, dang, I almost said a bad word. Dang it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, correct. But that just kind of, I don't know, that made an impact on me where I was like, okay, somebody that I know who is fairly chill and recognizes that I am an adult, I'm not even on his insurance anymore, you know, is that, I don't even want to say neurotic, but you know, he cares about me. And so I just know that that is going to probably carry over to a greater degree when I'm a parent. Yeah. And for those of you who are not, um, deep scholars of our show, um, the joke there was that I have a nickname for Clint's brother and it is Serial. And I would like to let the audience respond to that right now. They thought it was a very funny joke. They loved it. They like what they hear. Do you ever feel jealous that you don't have the control over this sound machine? Because, like, you can't do that. You can't make the audience yeah, laugh at your jokes. I know. I know. I, I have had control over a sound machine once mm-hmm. in our Halloween episode. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I, I'm just going to leave it up to you because I think that you do a great job at it. Oh, thanks. Um, and something that you do a great job of is uh, 10,000 foot views. So let's get one. Thank you. So there is this guy. His name well, is uh, uh, Sir, are you forgetting uh, how oh, this works? That's true. Maybe We're you don't inside do a of a job. whale right now. We're okay, inside of a whale. That's true. We're inside of the whale and he tells us to go to the back of his throat. We got to right? let go. And it's we let go. let go now. We let go of his tongue, and he shoots us 10,000 feet up into the air out of his hole. Okay. And <laughs> now we're in the hole. air. Correct. And so now we can give you a 10,000-foot view. Um, I'm pressing my back up against the bathtub, and it's making a tooting noise. Okay. Uh, so I hope that you I'm all sure that's this. what it is. Uh, it is. Uh, but there's this guy, Marlon. Uh, he was married, and he and his wife had like 400-something BBs. And then, wouldn't you know, they got eaten by a barracuda, which mm. I don't know if, you know, clownfish are the natural prey of barracudas, but these fish also don't talk in real life. So, you know, it's it's a movie, folks. Um, and then he's like super, you know, he's messed up about it. He's, he's got PTSD very clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a widower. And uh, now he's got a, a son, Nemo, who's disabled. Uh, he's got a little baby. He's got a little fin. Got a little fin, his lucky fin, because his egg got cracked. And uh, Nemo is kind of precocious in a way. He wants to, uh, you know, go out and explore and not be hindered by his overbearing father. And his father finally lets him go to school. And once you know it, they go to the drop-off. Dang it. And Nemo and his dad get into a fight because he feels like he's being baby too much. Nemo says, I hate you, Dad. And once you know, some aliens come and get Nemo. And so now Marlin has to go on his adventure in the ocean to try and find Nemo, and he teams up with another disabled fish, Dory, who cannot remember Jack Squat, 
and uh, they go and they they meet some sharks, and they meet some turtles, and Nemo is with Willem Willem Dafoe in his tank in a dentist office, and then he's about to get Darlud, I believe is the term, and then they all escape, and now he found Nemo. The end. Um. Yes. So th- it's just a story of a father traveling across the ocean to find his son. Um, I did look up uh, Barracudas Do Not Eat Clownfish. This movie is... Okay. Canceled. Bad. <laughs> yeah. Canceled. Okay. Um, also, um, in the in the middle of the movie, we get some, some Shrek and Donkey vibes between Marlin and Dory because he's going on an adventure and he's mm-hmm. got his annoying little sidekick. Yeah. I feel so like every kid's movie at the time kind of had that set up. <laughs> the dynamic. Yeah. A lot of Pixar movies have it, too. You've got, like, Lightning McQueen and Mater. You've got... Woody and Buzz are kind of like that in the first one, I guess. Well, it's just a trope at this point. Right. But it works because you got got the dumb guy to play off of the smart guy. But sometimes it is a dumb girl. High-status and low-status characters. Yes. Um, I like like that they are just friends, and there's no romance ever implied. Yes. Male and female buddy movie and they're just they're just pals but she's like part of their yeah. family but there's no romance i like that there it, there is a moment where like you could misconstrue it as romance where she's like when i see you i'm home you know she says that at the very end yes you could like, but it, that would be misconstruing because it is yes i agree it's family vibes it is not romance they got family they got family vibes it's a found <laughs> That's a good way to break up with someone. It's like, I really like I you, fam- but I feel like we got family vibes. I got family vibes with you. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize the joke you were doing at first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, I do feel like, though, that, you know, you mentioned Shrek and Donkey. And, and honestly, Both- when do I not? It's true. With Shrek and Donkey, both, you know, the voice acting of Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy kind of go in the animated character pantheon, uh, I would say. And I think that it's definitely worth shuffling Ellen into that pantheon as well for her voice work of of, of the Dory. I think so, because like I was saying, um, sound bites of this movie, when when you hear them, it's just like you it's stuck in your memory of exactly mm-hmm. how she says it. And it's mostly Dory stuff, I think. Yeah. I mean, and she does a good job. She's not like, I mean, she does get a little annoying at times, but that's purposeful. That's the point. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a very good performance. It is. And the emotional moment, at she has one like emotional moment at the very end. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. It's solid. Well, if you didn't know that Ellen was apparently a mean person, <laughs> and we looked this up, um, you would, if I you type would Ellen on like, internet.com, it says mean. Is mean. Yeah, Ellen equals she mean. She is mean. Do not let Dory fool you. She's a mean do let Dory. Do not let the Dory fool you. Ellen is mean. I'm going to Google, yeah. is Ellen mean? Do you know? We've done this before. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. We It was like a whole thing. Yeah, it yeah. was like nine <laughs> The answer is, yeah, or, Ellen is mean. Ellen is mean. 2,000 people the, say yes. Ellen is not the generous. Um, yeah. Do you know who the original voice of Marlon was? Uh, let me guess. Um, it, tell me, is it like someone kind of similar to Albert Brooks? 
or is it like a totally it's, different thing? I mean, kind of similar, I guess. Um, when I tell you, you'll be like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, Mike Myers. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I'll give you another guess. He, hmm, he is in a Jurassic Park movie. Okay, and uh, let's just go ahead and say this is a segment of... So he's in a Jurassic Park movie. Uh, can you tell me, is he in a new one or an old one? He's in an old one, but it's in one of the original trilogies. Okay. Is it Sam Neill? It is not Sam Neill. Sam Neill is not an Albert Brooks type. No, he's not. I agree. Is it Jeff Goldblum? It is not Jeff Goldblum. He is also not an Albert Brooks type. I can imagine Jeff Goldblum as Marlon, though. I think that would be uh, fun. Uh, no, um, uh, Nemo, um, you, uh, you, you don't, uh, you don't oh, want to uh, do, do I know that. who it is. Yep. It's Vince Vaughn. No, it's not Vince Vaughn. <laughs> uh, can you imagine that, though? That, that would that be bad. Work? No, he's not. He was, He's more of a... You know, more of a Bruce type. Yeah, I, saying that he that he was in a Jurassic Park movie would be a weird descriptor for Vince Vaughn. <laughs> but it is true. It's a it's a it's a weird descriptor for this person. Okay, too. is it Samuel but L. Jackson? It is not Samuel L. Jackson. This person is also in a Coen's Brother movie. Okay, well, this is just what the episode is now, isn't it? It's just yep. guessing. Um, and it's not. Oh. William H. Macy. That's correct. Okay. William H. Macy. Yeah, that yep. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, it was William H. Macy originally, and then Bob Iger, who was the CEO of Disney at the time, who like just stepped down, is said, hey, this is bad. We're going to need you to redo all this. And so they did with uh, Albert Brooks. That's so sad. I feel like William H. Macy would have been great. Well, it di- it wasn't testing well with William H. Macy. And Bob Iger was only the CEO since 2005. So, oh well, then he was on the chair. You lying to me? Like he he was doing. I think he. It was Bob Iger at the time. Okay. Yeah, he He was like either the COO or one of the VPs at the time. But um, yeah. Why did Uh, Why did he do my boy William H Macy like that? Has Bill Macy been in anything else that we've talked about on this podcast? I feel like he has because I feel like we've talked about. It. I think yes, he was in. Um, he has. Is he in BLT? Um, I think he was in. Um, what's it called? Delgo, wasn't he? He was in. Yes, he was in Delgo. I feel like he. No, no, it was Dougal. Dougal. It was, was one Dougal. of those. It was. Yeah, yes. he was definitely in Dougal. That's what it was. Val Kilmer was in Delgo. Yes. Uh, and Bill Macy Freddie Prince Jr. Dougal. Yes, and Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, correct. Yeah. Delco. Um, what could have been? What could have been? What could have been? Thank you, Rascal Flats. Thank you, Rascal Flats. Um, uh, by the way, you know, harking back to Madeline at the beginning of the episode, um, we we did discuss in our Jaws episode, Are Sharks Dinosaurs? And yeah, my, an my, sis, my sister asked Madeline... Are sharks dinosaurs? And Madeline said, "I don't like dinosaurs. I'm not going to talk about them." <laughs> that is such a baller response. It is. Uh, She's like, so, "That's not my. That's not my field of uh, 
knowledge, I, I will not comment on that. You told me that we would not bring up dinosaurs in this interview, so I'm going to have to leave. <laughs> she shoved the mic out of her face and walked out. She looked at her PR person, and they were they just shrugged. They're like, I don't know. Uh, so maybe next week we'll we'll get an answer on if uh, sharks are dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who's your favorite character in this movie? I thought you were about to ask me who's your favorite niece. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, um, I feel like we always stand somebody, and I, I know who yeah. I'm standing in this movie. There's a lot of great yeah, options, a lot of fun it's, characters. It's just gonna be Jeffrey Rush. Inter- okay, so Nigel, you're Nigel. Stan. Yeah, Nigel, Nigel the Pelican. Well, guess guess what, pal? That is also my answer. <laughs> <laughs> he is so good. Yes, and and it's like you can tell that it's Jeffrey Rush. But it does not give off Jeffrey Rush energy, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, he's not Barbosa Jeffrey Rush. He does not give off it's, Barbosa. It's energy. honestly one of Jeffrey Rush's chiller performances of what I I guess I haven't seen a whole lot of Jeffrey Rush beyond Pirates. It's of the a, it's an upbeat produ- It's an upbeat performance. Yeah, um, he's very good. I like when he's like, "Sorry if I have a took a snap at you, but it's gotta eat." Yeah, um, he's very very Australian. <laughs> very Australian. I also like Mr. Ray. He seems like he'd be a great teacher. Yeah, Mr. Big, Ray. Big Miss Frizzle yeah. vibes. Yep, big Miss Frizzle vibes. Um, he was in other Pixar movies. He he was Doug, the dog, in Up. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Was he like an yeah. animator or something? Like, yeah, they, they I, he was a... He, do that. he wrote, was one of the writers on Finding okay. Nemo as well. Yeah. Um, who else was... some? There's another big character that was a... Oh, Andrew Stanton is... Um, Who is Andrew Stanton? He's Crush, he sorry. Pic- yeah, he's the oh, director. Oh, yeah, he's the director. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, right. uh, he's the turtle Crush that is 150 years old. Yeah, everyone loves Crush. We all love Crush. He's our boy. Man, everyone, there's just a lot we, of great characters in this movie. That's true. There's a lot of uh, a lot of very well-recognized characters. And um, I, I honestly think that's when Pixar is at its best, when you have like a fun ensemble of characters yeah like yeah. toy story that's why i like when i was younger and still don't love up as much and movies like right. that because it's just it like it does not have a good ensemble we need that pixar ensemble we need the circus bugs from a bug's life you we, want to be able to create a world around it you know mm-hmm. like there's toy story world at disney world there's finding emo land you don't have up world yeah i remember even holding that against Ratatouille when I first saw it It, and now that is like maybe my two number two Pixar movie Um, I love that movie but as a kid I was like where are my Pixar fun characters where's your Pixar buddies yeah where are my Pixar pals Uh, but this movie's got a bunch of those I think that Ratatouille has a lot of merit for adults though more more so than a lot of Pixar movies oh Ratatouille is a perfect film it's the greatest film of all time yeah it's a great movie um it's a conversation for another time, though. Uh, that one I feel that one I feel like w- would make you cry because it has that dynamic. That movie it. has very nearly made me cry because at the end of the movie, you just sit back and think about what you've watched, and you go, <laughs> "This movie is about a rat, and he wanted to be a chef so bad, and, and he ends. worked really hard, and he became the greatest chef in Paris." <laughs> and he's a rat. Uh, and he- <laughs> It just ends with him like looking out over Paris, and he's like, "I'm the best." Yeah, oh, it's so good. Oh man, but uh, yeah, Finding Nemo. Hey, there's blood in this movie. There is blood in this movie. Yes, she gets bopped on the nose. 
She does, and then she bleeds, and it, it gets Bruce absolutely toasted high. <laughs> <laughs> yes, his eyes turn black. Um, I really goes, like that's good. This movie is just maybe the most like adventure-y of Pixar movies mm-hmm. in the sense that the plot setup is just like the majority of the movie is two friends on a road trip, and yep. um, there's very much just like very distinct adventure set pieces. You've got the sharks, like they're almost all designed to be like a video game level. And I remember playing the video game of this and being I do too. Yep. Dory and Marlin running away from the sharks. Do you um, play the GameCube game? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You got like the jellyfish bouncing, which that scene traumatized me as a kid. Yep. It um, is traumatic indeed. I, I've always been a kid who loved to swim in the ocean, but I think I was more scared of jellyfish than sharks, to be honest. Just because yeah. they're, they're freaky. Look at them and they sting they're you apparently. Yeah. Never, never been stung by one. I have. It's not fun. I've been stung by the little baby ones, but not like a. Not like a big one, you know. Sometimes like a man, you, a man of war. Sometimes you go out and there's like um, swarms of tiny jellyfish, and it's like mm-hmm. it's almost like a sweat bee or like a gnat, and they yep. just like sting you all over. That's fun. Yeah, it's a good time. You're right. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's probably why I didn't give it a ten out of ten. Is I got I don't want to even say annoyed because that that would be detracting from this movie. But the fact that it's like stuff just kept happening and kept happening and kept happening, you know, it was like, just give them a break, if if that makes sense. Or like, just let them advance, let them do something, Um, which it it all kind of narratively makes sense. I can recognize that because they want to do that because Nemo has to find out what his dad would go through, you know, his trials to get to him. Which I think is the best scene in the movie. The scene when, where word is traveling across the ocean and people are telling the yes. story, and then you get that's, to see that's where how I choked happy up. Neem- yes, if I was gonna cry, that's when it would happen. I agree. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't think that really bothered me. I I think the parts of it that are imperfect to me come down to two things. Number one, I think Marlin needs to be a little bit more likable of a character. Sure, he's a, he's a little annoying. Um, sometimes I'm just like. Why are you being so mean to Dory? Like, I get it. You're going through a hard time. Like, stop being mean. You, he just, he, he, he I, w- I almost think William H. Macy would have just solved the problem because <laughs> I, I think that would have been a little bit more of a likable performance. Sure, sure. Um, the other thing is, and I, it pains me to say this, but I don't think all of the animation holds up that well. I think. I agree. When they're in the ocean, it's pretty much good. And then when we're on land, it looks pretty rough at times. What did you think about the animation? No, I agree. I think that the ocean stuff looks good, but the humans looked kind of disjointed. And Pixar's still in the stage where they're very aware of the fact that they're not great at animating humans, which is why they started with a movie about toys. And then they did bugs, and they did monsters. And they're, now they're doing fish. Like, for a while, there was always some sort of creatures. And then they're always trying to figure out ways to not have to deal with people that much. Let me let me say this at you, okay? Say it at me. There is a character named Sandy Plankton that is talked about but not shown. And that, <laughs> yes. is, that okay. my friend, is just two SpongeBob characters. <laughs> That's a fair point. So, well, Sandy Plankton's got all the stories. Yes. Uh, That's... 
that's a fair point. And I think I remember making that connection when I was a kid too. Mm-hmm. I did. I definitely yeah, did too. Sponge, SpongeBob was around at the time. I think that that, that pretty much covers it. Um, one other thing I <laughs> you wanted, just to, wanted point to say, out, Sandy Plankton. <laughs> no, there was more. Um, I like how when they get closer to Sydney, um, the color of the ocean starts changing. It becomes like grayer and grayer, mm-hmm. which is like them getting closer to the pollution of humans because the, the city. You know, it's got to have that environmental subplot in it, which is not not yep. really a thing <laughs> in this. Dang liberals. That's it is it it was not out of reach of the liberal media. It was interesting. I usually like to read the trivia facts over this movie and apparently um sales of exotic fish or like saltwater fish absolutely skyrocketed after this movie came out. And subsequently why, so did why is why would that be? Just because people are into fish? Yeah, cuz kids okay. were like I I want a Nemo. I, I think Tori. <laughs> where my mind went was it was like um, rich white people adopting African babies. They're like <laughs> it's like white saviorism, <laughs> but they're like I got to fish. <laughs> got to save all these fish. Got to save all these fish. This yeah, is my exactly. responsibility. I got to feel like a hero. Um, but no, and subsequently with the adoption of all these exotic fish, the death rate of saltwater fish went up precipitously as well because people did not know how to take care of them. Mm. So then we had to make Wally because they were like, we were too subtle with yeah. our environmentalism in this one. <laughs> we got to lay it on a bit we thicker. We got to lay it on a real, hit, real thick. My, my dentist office as a kid had a Finding Nemo tank and they had a clownfish and a blue tang. Mm. Blue tang clan. <laughs> that is funny. Um... Blue Tang is what uh is what a Dory is. Okay, yes. Um, well, Dory wasn't in the aquarium, so that is inaccurate. Uh, I I like the Tank crew too. They're fun. Yes, um, they're like an, an ensemble of their own in a way. Which they're not in Finding Dory, are they? I don't think so. No, that's I don't a problem think so. with Finding it's Dory. It's a shame. I only saw Finding Dory at a drive-in when it came out, and I haven't mm. watched it since because I remember being disappointed. But I really need to rewatch it. I think I would probably like it a little bit more now. I don't think I would like it again if I rewatched it. I didn't really care for it too much the first time. I didn't, but now I'm like looking back, appreciating that it is the same director, and like I do think it is a good concept for a sequel, and being able to just appreciate that the animation has improved since then. The thing sure. that annoyed me about that movie is that they're not in the ocean for so much of it. I'm like, I don't want to see right. them hopping around an aquarium. Yeah, what I like about Finding Nemo is the exploring the vastness of the ocean. Yeah, Get they're in an aquarium for 90% of the movie. Maybe? They're like riding around in a stroller with an octopus. I'm like, stop yep. this. <laughs> this is no, not what I want. Like this. this is not what I want in an ocean movie. Um, but anyway, I guess we could put a, a bow on Finding Nemo unless you got any other burning thoughts. I'm good, man. I'm good. Mostly just because I think my wife is going to bed in the next room. <laughs> Wait, you're married? I am married. My oh. wife. Okay. I didn't know that. Um, so we have to put this movie through our gauntlet um, of our three questions that we ask of every movie. Is this movie good for kids? Is this movie good for adults? And does it stand the test of time? Number one, is this movie good for kids? What do you think? It's a big duh for me. It's a, a big, big fat duh for duh. me too. Yeah. Um, is it good for adults? It's a big duh. I think it's another big duh for me too. 
Um, does it stand the test of time? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's a yes. big duh. It's another duh. Big duh. That's yeah. a triple duh. We call it a trip duh. We've, we've triple dud, and so we're we, feeding it to our raptors. To our sharks? Oh, yeah, because they are dinosaurs, maybe. So. I mean, you know, we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about these specific sharks of this movie, so I feel like we should feed it. I feel like it would be appropriate to feed this movie to our sharks. We do have sharks, or, right? Or to the pelicans. That would be fun and zany and rando as well. So we, we could mm-hmm. do that. I like that idea. Let's feed it to our pelicans. Deal. How about it, you clever boys? Because pelicans are boys and raptors are girls. This All of them are boys. <laughs> right. This is like how dogs are boys and cats are girls. Um, so our next movie that we are going to be talking about <laughs> is <laughs> You Have Opened the Drain, and that is very fitting. Um, a little movie called Shark Tale. This is a movie that's a little bit more about sharks than this movie is. Came out around roughly the same time, I think, the year after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 2004. Yeah, 2004, starring a, a man named Will Smith in fish form. Um, and a man named Jack Black in shark form. Jack Black, we got Robert De Niro, we got Martin Scorsese. It's <laughs> it's just a party up in here. Um, we have Angela Jolie. We do have Angelina Jolie. Um, no, Angela Jolie. Angela Jolie. How dare you forget the Ean in her name? Yeah. Um, <laughs> she also is just fish version of Angelina Jolie. Yep. I mean, really, yes. all the fish in this movie are the fish versions of fish their, per, fish their people actors. of themselves. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna have a special guest on this episode, so that's fun. Um, yeah. He he is he is locked and loaded. Locked and loaded, and and not a returning guest. It's it's one you've never heard. Right. It's a new one. A new one. Um. And so that's fun. You better tune in for that. <laughs> that's the going to be the finale. This is so loud. I'm sorry. Shark Month. I'm kind of stalling because I don't want to once again be plugging my other podcast while the drain is going. I'll plug it. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Plug that while I plug this. There we go. Was that funny? Was that a good joke? Hold on. 10 out of 10. Um, I actually don't think the people are going to laugh at that. I actually think they're just going to give me a round of applause. And this applause is also for my other podcast, which is called Live and Let Cry. You should be listening to that as well. We will be having an episode come out soon. We've been releasing them on the uh, last Friday of the month. So the next one will be on January. Sorry, it's not January. (laughs) It's the other J month. One of the other two. July 31st will be our episode. several J months. Yes. On Hamilton. You You hear about this? You hear about Hamilton? I've seen it. Um, I have not yet. What are you doing? <laughs> Did you just I'm stand up in the up bathtub? I'm standing up out of the water. Um, Live and Let Cry, of course, is a podcast with our friend Cody Lunsford, where Cody tries to make me cry, because as we know, I do not cry in movies. So he's going to make me cry by watching Hamilton. And if I do cry, the podcast will be over forever. If I don't <laughs> cry, we'll have another episode. So stay I'm gonna tuned. Ca- I'm going to call it. You're not going to cry in this one. Uh, maybe I don't know. Haven't watched it yet. I have listened through the soundtrack, so I know like f- mostly what happens, but haven't seen mm-hmm. it yet. Um, it's on Disney Plus, so you can watch that. You got a couple of weeks before the episode comes out. You can watch that and tune in. It'll be a fun time. Um, and we release that on this podcast feed and also on the Best Pictures pod- podcast feed. So make sure you're just subscribed to both so you can listen twice. Um. That is correct. Also, this podcast that you're listening to now has a Twitter account. It's at Purely Nostalgia. We also have an Instagram account. It's at Purely Nostalgia Pod. 
Um, I have a personal Twitter account. It's at Elisha P. Smith, and it is the same for Letterboxd. And you can follow me at Clint J.H. Page. J.H. stands for Jazz Hands on Twitter and Letterboxd as well. And I think that'll do it for us. We will see you again for the last episode of Shark Month 2020. That'll do, donkey. We'll see you soon. And Skinath for listening. Well, we, we sure have been funny in this one, in yeah. this intro so far. Um, dang, nothing funny. Let's see, funny things. There's just not a lot of funny, funny stuff in the world right now, you know. Yeah. I actually kind of want to just drop this in now. Let's go hunt it, do 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 do. Let's go hunt it.